In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. Today we're watching The Sound of Music, the Oscar-winning 1965 movie of the Tony-winning Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. It stars Julie Andrews, Christopher Plummer, a bunch of children, and some incredibly well-known songs. But I don't need to tell you that because you've probably seen it. I, however, somehow have not. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna keep shaming you a little bit on this one because it's like it's not even shaming though because I just this is one where I just like I don't even understand like the physics of not having seen this movie. <laughs> like it's it's so I don't remember seeing it for the first time. It's just so you were just born with it. The, this movie was playing in the delivery room. When yeah, you were born. <laughs> it's just so like present in the world like it used to be on tv annually now i texted my family prior to prior to this and they are somewhat divided over whether it always used to air at christmas and or at easter um but it was all (laughs) it was like on tv once a year at least since like the 70s like it it's everyone everyone has seen this movie or like knows the music it's i I just don't. So, understand it's a true it. story. I, I often tell my parents ahead of time because they'll, they'll know why I haven't called in a while. I'll say, "Oh, well, I'm busy on Saturday. I'm recording a podcast with Emily," uh, and you know, say, "Oh, what are you watching?" And I said, "This Saturday, we're watching The Sound of Music." And my mom said, "Oh, you know, I, I see so you're the geek who's the noob." Even my mom thought that I had seen this movie. Right, it's just a because... basic assumption for a human being that. Everyone has seen this movie, of course. It is. It's not even the kind of thing that, like, at some point in your life, your parents would have been like, it's time for you to watch The Sound of Music now. Son, you're ready. Like, it's totally reasonable that your parents would just assume you'd already seen it. Because, again, I don't understand how you've missed it. Like, I... I blame them, honestly. I think it's their fault. It does. It's, I me. mean, <laughs> I, I... Apparently, they didn't have it on TV when you were a child. Like, I don't... I, I can't... I can't wrap my head around it. This was also, like, one of the first musicals I ever saw live because the high school in my town did it. Oh. Um, not, again, none of this is unusual, though. High schools do The Sound of Music all the time. When NBC decided that they wanted to uh, to revive the the universe of, of live TV musicals, which used to be more of a thing and, and now are again, they started with The Sound of Music because it's, like, <laughs> the most popular and well-known Because musical. that's the, the base level, and that's the entry point where, oh, everyone has seen this one, so this yep. would be an easy ratings win. Yup. <laughs> um, it no, was so terrible, actually, so but... I, I have not seen the entire musical. I am still a noob to this, but I have seen uh, have several songs from this. I am familiar with some of the most famous songs because a summer camp that I went to when I was in middle school, call it, um, they, there was a, like a theater program at the, at the school. So we would, there'd be a big show at the end of the, the summer. And so I, I saw uh, a couple songs from it there. And then like in chorus class and, you know, school at one point we sang the, uh, Doe a Deer song. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not spoiling this because literally everyone has seen this movie except for me. Uh, I'm only spoiling it for myself. Yeah. But... No, I mean that, that tracks. Cause again, I, I would be surprised if you didn't have some form of exposure in that sense yeah. to, to the songs, because it's like, it's physically impossible to, to not know these songs. There may, I don't know. It's possible. There may even be songs that you hear that you're like, Oh, I didn't know that was from the sound of music, but like, I knew that was a song. Cause it's like, like, around. like what happened with the music man until, then, <laughs> yeah. until there was you. <laughs> I don't think there's anything. Um, I don't think there's anything in this that was made so popular by the Beatles that you would be completely <laughs> oblivious to the fact that it was a song that they didn't write like till there was you. But um, yeah. Well, it's... Supposedly Lady Gaga did a very nice cover of the sound of music at the Oscars. I don't know. Cause I was in the bathroom, but <laughs> I, Oh, that's right. I, yes, I forgot about that. That was very good. Um, I missed it, and there's but... yeah, it it happened. How I anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I 
beyond me. So to watch The Sound of Music, um, I haven't... Yes. I happen to own it on Amazon because I'm a super reasonable human being. Um, but you can also rent it from Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, Google Play, all the usual places. Also, as I mentioned, it is not infrequently on TV. So, you know, check your local check your listings. Check your local listings. It might be on TV at some point soon. You never And we know. should also disclaim since also, I, I was someone that you, you know, listeners, someone that you know probably has this, if not on DVD, at least on like like on VHS from like like long ago like i right it's a common fixture in a lot of like people's parents houses just not mine um but one (laughs) thing we should disclaim before we go before we take a break we should warn since we were talking about this last night i looked on amazon and i messaged you to be like uh emily i thought this movie was three hours long and amazon says it's four hours so if you go to an online provider and you see that don't freak out as you explained there's like a there's like a documentary that they've tacked on to the end of at least the Amazon version where like Julie Andrews goes back to the filming locations in Austria. Um, I haven't actually watched this. It might be cool. I'm not sure. But yeah, it adds like an hour to the runtime and you don't have to watch it. Like you can For just today at just, least we're just going to watch the movie. The, the actual music, movie. The yeah. Stop, stop when you reach the ending, which unless you're Eric, you know what that is because you know how the movie ends because you've seen it several hundred times. Um <laughs> Uh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, I mean, and also, yes, I just I, I should prepare you as you go into this movie, especially as someone who doesn't really like musicals usually that much. Eric, it is aggressively long. It's three hours long. It's probably too long. There's actually an intermission, <laughs> which is a feature. If we watch more musicals from this era of Hollywood musicals, you'll just you'll learn that. It's it, that's and a feature. Think, uh, they put they the put. Does the West Side Story movie have an intermission? I'm pretty, oh, it I'm might. Pretty sure. It might because yeah. I've seen same, that one a bunch. I'm pretty sure it has an intermission there. Same same era, so yeah, that would that would mm-hmm. make total sense because you know now when they adapt musicals, they tend to into movies. They tend to cut several songs and and move things around and make them more movie-like. You'll find that when I think Chicago is also on our list to watch for the podcast. Well, I also know that from seeing the live version of Into the Woods and then comparing it to my memory of the movie, right. which, uh, as we discussed in that episode, cut like a lot of really important songs yeah. for the enjoyment of that show. Yeah. Um, but no, they they, so they had not really struck on that idea in the 60s. Um, they pretty much... You get everything. Yeah. <laughs> you get the whole musical. And actually, the sound of in The Sound of Music, they actually add a song, um, which is probably wow. my least favorite song in the movie, which might be a controversial statement. But um, I, I well, wish let's, that... let's talk about that. When yes, we get we'll there. talk when about we, it. We'll talk about it afterwards. But just decide. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and I won't tell you which song it is. But just <laughs> fair warning, it is really long. But there's an okay. intermission, so you won't miss anything by going to the bathroom. Unlike the Oscars, that'll be my my point to get more coffee. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Let's go watch the sound of music <laughs> after this break. Spoilers for the movie that everyone has seen except for me. <laughs> See you. 
And we're back. We just watched The Sound of Music, the 1965 musical, uh, which I have now, finally, at long last, seen. Seriously. So, <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Uh, but Literally your to, whole life. I just... Literally, I... literally 28 plus years. Uh, before we get to what I thought of The Sound of Music, Emily, what are a few of your favorite things about <laughs> this movie? Good job. Nice, nice reference uh, there. Good I have my moments. I'm glad you've internalized the lyrics already. Um, although I assume that's one of the songs you already knew because it's a popular yeah, it one. Is. It makes we'll, it. We'll, in, we'll talk about all that. Yeah, there's, makes, there's a lot, makes, of, a lot of that one makes it into to. Christmas albums, which bothers me a lot. Like when it shows up on like somebody's like that's album bizarre. of Christmas music because it's like it's okay. not that's not a Christmas song just because they mention winter and brown paper packages. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, hey, you know, uh, cr- Christmas playlists though those can be th- th- those can be pretty wild. Like I, I've 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 seen people uh, who put Dick in a Box in Christmas playlists because he does say Christmas and in, in, in that. Well, uh, yeah, that it's like a holiday theme video. I mean, that's what type of right. box it is. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Honestly, like that, not the song per se, but like at least the circumstances have more to do with Christmas <laughs> than this does. Anyway. Um, it's literally summer. Like, the kids are on school break. Um, I, I, It's, like, impossible for me to even answer that question, which, I, like, I know it always is, but as I think I mentioned in the intro, like, I, I don't even, like, remember watching this movie for the first time. Like, I feel like it's just, like, been part of, like, my DNA <laughs> since birth. Like, it's just, like, there and around, and it's... But I... It's... It's so good. I mean, one of the first things I wrote down in my notes, which I actually already tweeted a screenshot of, um, is that, you know, Richard Rogers can write uh-huh. a melody and Oscar <laughs> Hammerstein can write a lyric and Julie Andrews can sing a damn song. Like that's that's like a huge part of it. Like this, the music is so good. And Julie Andrews is like transcendent. And so, you know, once you get through the like the, you know, we rented a helicopter and we're going to get our money's worth, you know, scenic, <laughs> scenic view of Austria. And it and like the helicopter almost knocks her down going by on that first shot of her. And she's twirling around <laughs> singing The Hills Are Alive with the sound of music. It's like, how can you not get goosebumps? It's just like beautiful and wonderful and like joyous music. And there's just like. I don't know. There's just so much, like, there's so many just feelings in the whole thing. It's just, like, it's just so beautiful and wonderful throughout. There are devious, and they're, like, devious, snarky nuns and a wonderful love story and a bitchy, bitchy baroness <laughs> and Nazis who we hate, like, it, like in the movie. Ugh. Yeah, so if I if I hadn't already known, I think I alluded to the fact that I knew there were Nazis in this movie when we were setting up that we're gonna watch it at like at the end of uh, what we the, what we do in the shadows episode. I think I made a joke about Nazis because I I did already know that that was coming. But if I hadn't known that was coming, holy shit! What what a, what a reveal! What, what a turn for the movie! Oh, I know. That's actually another thing that I tweeted. I've been sort of I've been more more like public on Twitter about the fact that I was watching this than I usually am with the stuff we watch for this podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was another... You're very excited to be watching this. I it's understand such it. a good movie. <laughs> that was another thing. That was another thing that I tweeted, though, is like the emotional turn from like the extreme high that is the wedding, which it's like, you know, we've been like building toward this love story so long and like here's the wedding and it's wonderful and the, you right. know, it's like lofty and we're like looking up at the saints in the cathedral and the bells are ringing and all of a sudden the Nazis have taken Salzburg. And it's mm-hmm. like, whoa. But I mean that starts pretty early on, like No, that's true. I you mean, know, you, you know get, it's I you know Rolf, it's coming. Yeah. I mean Rolf is the first one to actually say Heil Hitler, but then there's also like oblique references to, yeah. you know, the The Anschluss you know. and, and right, you know, exactly. Austrian um, So anyway. So that's yeah. what I think of the sound of music. Just one of my many, like I just have so many feelings about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I know that I have a history of being sort of a Grinch with musicals. Yeah, you don't like uh, musicals. <laughs> and yeah, so I had a lot of we 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 had, we had uh, some contentious points with uh, like the Music Man, for instance. Even though there are parts that I really like, there are other parts uh, such as Chapoopy that I thought <laughs> there were are just songs, infuriatingly there bad. There are songs <laughs> that should have been cut from the movie for yes. sure. However, uh, yeah, I get it. I think it's very. I think it's impossible to dislike this movie. There's um, so many feelings, right? 
e- oh. even for someone like me i uh yeah um i really really dug this movie yes. i think uh, <laughs> emily can you breathe do a sigh have of relief. a soul it's so the good friendship to know. will endure <laughs> it's, the thing is, it's you don't like have beyond, to hang up this skype call in disgust <laughs> it's like beyond friendship though because it's like, like oh will our friendship survive a difference of taste like honestly i would have concerns about your humanity if you were like you know the scenery was pretty, but this movie sucked. I wish they weren't <laughs> singing. Like, I, I think I think <laughs> I even appreciated the helicopter shots more more than you do because you have to admit, at this time in 1965, the number of people who had the resources to go to to Austria was even smaller than it is now, and the ability to see other parts of the world in media was so much smaller than oh. it is now. So I totally get get why you have to have the helicopter shots in there. At the oh start. no, I'm 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 into them. Like I'm I'm super on board with them. I'm just like, you know, I I, I kind of have to like just like as an aside acknowledge like right. it's a really long there's like a lot of shots of the mountain. <laughs> it's a lot of helicopters before yeah. you get before you get to her spinning around on the top of the mountain. Like that I have to, you know, just throw but but Which, no okay, I don't so actually, but I don't object to it because they are. It's beautiful. Okay. It's, beautiful yeah, i th- mean th- this movie has gorgeous scenery all throughout and not just in the mountains it or makes the, you want to go to austria doesn't it like well yeah just the little town and the the, the house like you like know this is really um sorry what was that i said it's like a great tourism video for salt it really it, it really is this is this is the well the first three quarters of it are a great tourism video <laughs> the last quarter not so much <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> That thing where you get invaded, though. Come um, to Austria. See the shadowy passageways in the, the abbey. Yeah, <laughs> Great for hiding, um, except from your daughter's boyfriend, who's a yeah. dick. Oh, he's the worst. <sighs> I mean, it really puts into perspective all the other TV shows and movies in which the dad is not happy about the daughter's boyfriend. It's like... It could be worse. He could be a Nazi, I you know? know. <laughs> exactly. He could be a Nazi who could try to get your whole family killed. Exactly. Just like... Um, but anyway, let's actually jump back in time yes, to, to uh, Julie Andrews spinning on top of the mountain. Oh. So as a side effect of this being one of the most famous movies ever made that ever, literally everyone had seen, um, I have seen the clip of her singing the first line of that song oh, a million times. Have. I had never seen the entire rest of that song. Like, that's how bizarre my relationship... Like, like I knew a lot of stuff in this movie, and I had seen that first that shot of her, you know, spinning around, singing The Hills Were Alive with the Sound of Music. The entire rest of the song, like, none of it was... I mean, I maybe I knew the melody, but, like, it's it was so weird to finally... Um, the thing that I was to thinking of is... finally finish the song? <laughs> well, yeah, no, the thing, the thing I was thinking of... I've experienced a lot of culture in kind of back-ass, backwards ways. Um... There's a lot of things that I first saw referenced on The Simpsons or Futurama mm, or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I like saw the, the real man, thing. In fact. Right? Yes, exactly. Perfect example. Um, but it it was it was a uh, this a lot of this movie was an extended sort of um, finely put in together puzzle pieces that had been fed to me by all sorts of culture forever. Um, it was By, like, really, the entire it, rest of the world that had seen the movie. <laughs> but in a totally piecemeal way. So let me give you, give you an example. The one song that, um, that I had... Um, that, that I had no idea was coming. There, there were a couple where as soon as they started talking about... Where the characters started talking about... Uh, when someone made a reference to the fact that Julie Andrews' character is named Maria, and it's clear there's some people who don't like her, I immediately wrote down my notes. Oh, this is the musical with what? Do you, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Okay, I, I right. did know that. I knew that song. I just didn't know it was in this musical. Um, I told you that would happen. Can, yeah, um, but the one that I had uh, no idea, like I didn't see coming until they actually started singing it, was "Climb Every Mountain." That was the. Uh, oh that, yeah. That, that was. Because there's no uh, build-up. It's just very sudden. Like, the mother superior is giving her advice, and then all of a sudden, she's singing the advice. Climb every mountain, search high and low, follow every byway, every path. Right. And so when that when that popped up, uh, I was like, oh, this is the Monty Python election special, the, so- <laughs> the song they sing at the end of that. <laughs> um, yeah. The, wow. The, the, uh, the, 
there's a sketch from the TV show where uh, Neil Innes sings Climb Every Mountain, and he gets the, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Wow. Um, and I've seen a lot of Monty Python, but somehow I've missed that one. Yeah, no, it's it's a um, it's a parody of TV coverage of of uh, elections, like huh. political TV coverage, and uh, it's all these like ridiculous, you know, candidates, you know, who uh, are all, of course, you know, twits. Um, it is money, and and then yeah, there's music. Um, hmm. So when that song came on, it was the most. Uh, hilarious confluence where I was thinking of Monty Python and In the Loop because <laughs> I finally I finally completely understood the line in In the Loop where uh, Malcolm Tucker says oh you're like a Nazi Julie Andrews because he's, he's saying to the minister who uh, the minister of, of uh, the, the, whatever the, he's, the minister has said oh to walk the road of peace you must climb the mountain of conflict and so that I'm, I'm saying this all backwards. Um, you can you can tell my brain is all is right. all discombobulated very, by all the things. You're confused by all the references. Well, and it's funny because I probably couldn't like if if you had asked me like in the intro when I was saying like I can't believe you've never seen this movie. It's literally referenced in everything. I probably could not have have come up with like Sound of Music cultural references for you as examples. Because I'm just so used to them and like right. so You don't even notice that I don't even I didn't even notice that there was a sound of music line in in the loop. I could not have told you that. Oh you no, know, that's that's like one of one of the uh one of one of my favorite lines is uh you sound like a Nazi Julie Andrews. <laughs> and you just didn't even realize that it was a reference to a movie where Julie Andrews was. No, I, I did I didn't know it was a reference to this movie, but I didn't know that he w- the, that in context that he was saying it because of the song Climb Every right, Mountain. Right, right, right. So you see what I'm saying about this I being do. being the puzzle pieces falling into place. That's so odd. That's basically a lot of my notes from throughout this movie. Okay. Is like Okay, that goes with that, and that it's 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 um it was a very strange movie watching experience, and I'm glad to finally have this puzzle <laughs> finished. So I'm glad sorry, you finally you have saying. it finished too. Um, yeah, most <laughs> of my notes are just like, oh, I love this part so much, <laughs> with the exception of the parts that are like, oh my god, Liesel, don't kiss Nazis, stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but no, about climb every mountain, which is a great song. I love that song. So much just, like, inspiration and motivational speaking in that song. Um, Two things. The, like, one super, super great thing about the Sound of Music Live that was otherwise just kind of weird and not great and Carrie Uh Underwood, are you kidding me? Like, uh, it was weird. But um, uh, Audra McDonald was the Reverend Mm -hmm. Mother. Oh. So, uh, Audra McDonald. <laughs> so you were on board for that. <laughs> Audra McDonald singing Climb Every Mountain. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Was that great. And also, like, something, and this is something I hadn't really, like, thought about before, but I kept sort of noting every time she popped up in this. Like, the Reverend Mother is awesome. She's so, mm-hmm. like, she's so, I don't know, she just kind of, like, she seems like she gets it. Like, you could you you could imagine someone in that role being, like, as kind of closed-minded toward, like, Maria being a bit different than, as as a lot of the other nuns are. Um, right. But instead, she's like, she, she's like, you know what, I think Maria's just on a different, on a different path than the rest of us. And she, like, she gives super good advice. The love of a man and a woman is holy, too. You have a great capacity to love. What you must find out is how God wants you to spend your love. But I've pledged my life to God. I, I've pledged my life to his service. My daughter, if you love this man, it doesn't mean you love God less. She's like, she's great. And, like, I love the part in How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria when all of the nuns are, like, listing all of the, like stuff that she does that's like wrong and right. like saying how like flighty and terrible she is she not pester any pest drive a hornet from its nest she can throw a whirling dervish out of world she is gentle she is wild she's a riddle she's a child she's a headache she's an angel she's a girl the reverend mother is like she's a girl She's just, she's just just like, she's just like a young free spirit. Like, whoa, I'm a nun too, but y'all need to calm down a little bit. Right. (laughs) She's great. I love her. 
There's a lot of um, side characters in this who are very likable. Uh, yes. I, I liked Uncle Max a lot. Mm-hmm. And even though she obviously is, you know, Machiavelli, and they even call her out as Baroness, <laughs> Baroness Machiavelli. Machiavelli. <laughs> I, I, I liked the Baroness, too. Like, she, she was, there was still, like, even though she's the one who kind of, like, sets Maria off in, like, her, you know, uh, what's what's the term? The, um... It's like in a story. It's like it's like the the darkest hour. Not in the oh, I don't know what the uh, actual storytelling term is for that. Oh God, we but it's, it's gonna be bugging me. Um, dark night of the soul. There you go. It, yes, it, you're right. It, even, even though the Baroness is the one who sets Maria off on her on her dark night of the soul in seclusion like, at the Abbey. Super dramatic yeah. dark night of the soul. Yeah. Um. I. It, she. She was still. She was still a real character. Mm-hmm. She was still someone who you know was engaging and and was not just. She was not purely you know yeah she's not like she's not like this the would-be stepmother in the parent trap who's like literally just evil you know like no i i have to say like as 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 you know devious and like very like you know as much as as baroness machiavelli as she is um (laughs) with her plan to send the kids away to boarding school like a way to just lean into evil stepmother there baroness but i will say with all of that like that scene with the breakup like first of all you know i you have to give this movie credit for showing the breakup between those two characters because like you could totally just like like would anyone would would people really have a problem with uh with having that happen off screen not really because we all know that we're not rooting for the baroness so like who cares but like whoo way to way to like show that and like make, make show this... it and make it mutual in right. a way that you don't well, even what... see in movies today right that's what i was gonna uh, uh, like getting to is you know first of all way to like make the characters including the romantic hero go through that like tough conversation and then i love how like you know magnanimous she is about it and how like how I just, she's just, she handles it so well. Now, if um, if you'll forgive me, I'll go inside, pack my little bags, and return to Vienna where I belong. And, yeah. like, also the way Christopher Palmer's face lights up when she, like, makes mention that, like, she thinks Maria's into him, too. And somewhere out there is a young lady who I think will never be a nun. And his face yeah. is just like, holy shit, do you really think so? Like, it's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, a young lady who will never become a nun. Right, exactly. <laughs> and he seriously, his, like, entire countenance changes. He's, for just a second, but he's, like, so excited about that, that, that you know, <laughs> idea that, like, that might be what happens. Um, which, by the way, like, the level of twinkle in Christopher Blummer's eye in, like, every scene, whether he's just, like, being snarky or, like, whatever, everything he does, like, he's got this twinkle in his eye. It's superhuman. So no, that's I, just, that's, I, that's I just like a I, note. I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> I feel like I've seen him in a, in a bunch of stuff, but I couldn't tell you what off the top of my head. Like uh, I know most recently he's famously like replaced Kevin Spacey in a movie that they that the, the, yes, the all the money Scott in the movie. world. Um, but like, um, is this his most famous role, or like, what's he was he best known? Christopher Plummer. He's definitely best known for this. I mean, like okay. that's because this is this is the thing that he's in that literally everyone has seen, including you now. Um, yeah. Now, like, literally everyone. It wasn't yeah. wasn't true three hours ago. Yeah. But now, now, literally now everyone. you you two have seen this movie that everyone has seen. Yeah. So I think this is this is definitely the role that he is the most famous for. Um, okay. Which you know I think he has a little bit of angst about. Um, like yeah. he doesn't super love that it's his most famous role, but his IMDb. I'm looking at his IMDb page now to see like what other stuff. Um, he's. Uh, I mean, his IMDb page is massive. He's more recently. Um, he was in uh, Beginners, which was a fabulous movie. You should definitely see. With... I haven't even heard of it. Oh my god! It's. Uh, it came out in 2010. I can't believe it came out that long ago. Actually. Um, it's with Ewan McGregor, who you know is Obi-Wan. Um, and Christopher Plummer plays Ewan McGregor's dad. And uh, and his wife, Ewan McGregor's mom, die in the movie dies. And uh, Christopher Plummer's character comes out as gay. Um, ah. And also has terminal cancer. It's a lot. But it's a really, it's just, it's a beautiful movie. It's It's super, super good. And I think he won an Oscar for it. I'm looking to see if that's true. He was definitely. I think he. I think he won the Oscar for that. 
I could be I could be wrong. So um, I think based uh, can I a quick tangent off off of this do. tangent. Um Yes, best performance by an actor in a supporting role Christopher Plummer. Yep. So so his his father comes out and has terminal cancer. Yes. The, the, okay, this is us totally rips that off and later on past past the point where you where you stop watching. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I can uh, guarantee this version's better. Anyway, uh, sorry. As soon as he said that, I was like, wait, I have seen this. No, I haven't. I've just seen the TV show. <laughs> There's an adorable um, dog who has subtitles. Okay. So. Uh, you sold. Sold. I'm in. It's, it's such a good movie. Um, besides, anyway. besides that, like, honestly, I could not, I could not actually list a lot of, a lot of Christopher Plummer's filmography for you. Like, yeah, I'm, um, I'm looking at the IMDb but too. He's and the main in... thing that I know him from is Up. He was, he was the villain in Up. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. He's been yeah. in, he's been in so much, just yeah. so, so, so much. I mean, he's been acting since his first IMDb credit is 1953. Um, and he's yeah he's he's been around so yeah so well anyway the the, the point I was, I was getting at with that is that uh i didn't know what else i'd seen him in i knew that he was famous obviously um but uh with julie andrews on the other hand i very strongly associate her with the role of mary poppins right of course and so um it was really entertaining to see this even though it's also a musical role in which she's also taking care of wealthy children um to see the differences between oh, the, yeah. the, those two those two roles uh, such as fr- early on, where you cl- really clearly see that she's like clumsy and she's wild, and and like she- there's some actually like really good physical comedy where she's running up to the uh, up to the house for the first time. You know, I love the little break in How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria, where she comes running in, and yes. then like she's like <laughs> rushing to try to get her get herself together, and then she notices that all the nuns are just standing there staring at her, and she just like <laughs> rolls her eyes and walks off the screen, and then they sing the final <laughs> like the end of the mm-hmm. chorus. It's just like so good yeah no julie andrews is just there aren't even adjectives i i I, she's just (laughs) perfect and wonderful and her singing and acting and oh she's great she's just great. yeah and she also has i thought what what i thought was the funniest line in the musical early where where she's talking about how we give our clothes to the poor When, when we enter the abbey our worldly clothes are given to the poor what about this one well the poor didn't want this one yes it's a good line. Her clothes are great. Also, speaking of which, uh, the I love the, like the completely absurd outfits that the children are wearing that she made out of the drapes. The drapes, yeah. yeah. Which like it's, it's it's somewhere on the scale between uh, Scarlet's dress and Gone with the Wind and the parody of Scarlet's dress from the. Uh, it's definitely for- <laughs> better than Scarlet's dress and Gone with the Wind. <laughs> um. What was the Carol Burnett show? Is that, is that the one? Yeah, where she, Carol Burnett show. Through? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Where she comes down with the dress made out of the drapes that still has the curtain rod in it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's it. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. That was ridiculous. And then in the middle of the the Doa Deer song, though. Uh, oh, I know their clothes a... change, and then they change back. I yeah. I was like, well, did they forget to shoot this part of the song? Or <laughs> yeah. What, what this happened? is the first time. This is the first time that I've noticed that, and it's super weird. There's really like a is. there's like a jump cut in the um the bit of the song where after they first say they finish singing it for the first time, and then they're like, wait, but like, how do we make that a song? And she launches into the thing. Um, which incidentally, I actually happen to have memorized for a skit in high school. Just. You know. <laughs> like her as, reordering of Dare Me. <laughs> as one does. No, well, obviously I know that part because I know the song. But no, the thing where she says, like, uh, Dare Me, Faso, and so on are only the tools we use to build a song. Once you have these notes in your heads, you can sing a million different tunes by mixing them up like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to learn that to lip sync it for a, for a high school skit. Oh. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, the point is when that, like, that moment in the song where it transitions from... Um, from like the first run through of do re mi to the part where they start mixing it up there's like a very sudden cut where like they're on the hill and then all of a sudden it jumps back to the house and they're in totally different clothes and then it's back to the yeah this is the first time i've noticed that and yeah, i don't back, know back to them on bikes with the drapes clothing <laughs> and then and then they're in the the cart or the the coach or whatever with the other right. clothing again it's yeah i don't know if that's a continuity issue or if it's supposed to show the passage of time because they're like they're like montaging through different outfits I don't know what the deal is. I don't know. It's weird. Um, 
But anyway, so uh, so I knew that song already, and I knew the first line of The Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was really interesting, some of the songs that, um, that I knew piecemeal of. Um, can I guess which is the song that was added on for the movie? So that was I actually discovered that two songs were added on, and the oh. the and a couple songs from the play were actually deleted, and two were added back in were added in, and the absolute um, incandescent wonderfulness of one of them kind of outweighs how much I don't super love the other. But go for it. So I'm guessing the incandescent wonderful song is Edelweiss. Is oh that, no, that's been in? there. That's been there all along. Oh, okay. Edelweiss. Oh man, what a great song. Okay. That I mean, uh, that, that song I... that song uh, of course is wonderful and you know makes me cry. My dad used to sing that to me like Aww. when I was a little child. Oh my god, yeah. I told you this has been in my DNA for my entire life. <laughs> and the other song that I think was added was the yodeling song, the lonely goat nope, song. Nope, that's original too. Really? Yep. Okay, cuz that that song was I was not that was like the one song I was like, okay, fast forward. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's an impressive bit of puppet of like puppet show for sure. Yeah, um, but that's also that also kind of took me out of it because like it's believable that or at least I can suspend my disbelief that Julie Andrews can teach these children who have never sung how to how to sing that well that quickly. <laughs> but I couldn't really suspend my disbelief that oh, and also she taught them how to puppet. Oh, I know, and taught Lisa to play the guitar. It's a lot. Yeah, and apparently someone's playing the tuba because it's not the puppet that's playing that tuba. So. <laughs> it's totally the puppet that's playing the tuba. No, that's one of those. That's one of those songs that I. That's one of those things that I feel like. It, if they were to make it, make another version of this, like if it had never been made into a movie before, no one, right. no one should ever venture to make this a movie again. Because like, <laughs> if ever there were a, de- don't bother. <laughs> if ever there were a definitive film adaptation of a thing, I mean, <laughs> but uh, but if it had never been made into a movie somehow, and like someone were going to do so like today, mm-hmm. that might be one that they maybe got. Because that one doesn't doesn't really add it anything to the story. Yeah. It's yeah. So, okay, so what, what were the added songs? So the one that I don't super love, and I'm like, I understand from like a like a story standpoint why you would want a song serving this purpose at this moment in the movie, but I'm like, I just don't like this song as much. I just, meh, is I Have Confidence. I have confidence in confidence alone. Besides which you see, I have confidence in you. Oh, I like that song. Which, and I was really? going to say that might be that might be a controversial opinion. In fact, I my my if my godmother ever listens to this, I feel like she'll get mad at me about that because, <laughs> like, you know, the the image of Julie Andrews like skipping down the street with the guitar case is like so. I hate the word iconic, but it applies here. Like that is just like an iconic scene. Like I get it. I just like the actual song itself is just kind of like, it just doesn't leave, just doesn't send me that anywhere, I guess. Well, Emily's godmother, I'd like to say that you are correct. (laughs) I I really, my godmother and my aunt, actually, it's just like a lot of people probably. (laughs) I mean, it was a very Disney song. It was a very like, you know, Disney, I want song. Oh, well, and that's, Um, that's what I mean. I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say, and I want song because, um, because I was had not yet mentioned which song it was, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like I understand, I understand the need as our heroine yeah. goes off on her big life defining adventure for her to for her to to have an I want song, which is not a Disney invention, by the way. That's like a, no, that's but a but thing. It, but it it feels like like a, I mean like at this point and at that point in the movie, it definitely feels like like you know. Uh, Conventional, and I think there have been so many Disney musicals that they have kind of, you know, annexed that that convention. Oh yeah, <laughs> Disney Disney definitely um, adheres very strongly to the the gospel yeah. doctrine of the "I Want" song. Right. Um, um, but no, I uh, oh, it just it's it's not a bad song. It just it just doesn't. I don't. I just don't. I I think it's it's not that I don't like it. I just don't like love it with this like with this like. In, intense passion that I love the rest of the movie and <laughs> and music with. That's the thing we're talking. We're talking in like we're 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 on a we're grading on a very serious curve here. I mean, like me, okay, okay. M- like my least favorite song in the sound of music is like that's really not saying very much. Like, 
Yeah. You know, because the, the amount of, like, love that I have for the other songs is so, <laughs> like, off the chart, charts astronomical. And, in fact, the for the song that the other added song, like, as I said, like, that I totally, but beyond counterbalances my, my lukewarm feelings on I Have Confidence. The other which added is? song is Something Good, which is... Oh, wow. Standing there, loving me, whether or not you should. So somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done so. Oh my god I can't even like how can you not have that I that song like I could I could cry right now talking about it I love that song so much I'm shocked that that was added for the movie like normally songs that get added to a second version of a musical like wow huh it's su- like, it's such a like wonderful beautiful falling in love song isn't it yeah oh. yeah and it's also like again one of those things that you that you you know notice when you're watching it with a more with an eye toward commentary um, is it's also so intensely in character that like <laughs> the love of her life has finally, they finally professed their love for each other. And he's like kissing her and holding her in his arms and she bursts into song. Like, of course <laughs> she does. That's what's well, like she did. She tells the, uh, the mother of the Abbey, you know, she just can't help herself. Exactly. She's singing everything she feels. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the thing is like, that's how musicals work. Like when people right. fall in love, they always express it through music, through, through song. But for her, it's like, it's not a feature of it being a musical that's her character. Like, So, I mean, yeah, I was thinking about that in the context of the story, though. Those were a buck-wild couple minutes for Maria, because she's sitting on the, the bench, you know, kind of all depressed and ready to, like, you know, go back to the Abbey. And a couple minutes later, she's engaged to the man she's in love with. Man, like, that, that's a wild ride right there. So, <laughs> there's another thing. And I, again, I had never made this connection before. Um, but there is, there's another thing. I believe that you have not read and that it is on our list for this podcast to read uh, Jane Eyre. Correct. I've never read it. Yeah. So there is an intensely similar scene in Jane Eyre, <laughs> which, I, again, I did not realize until like, I've seen this literally infinite times and I did not make that connection until he came out into the woods. And I was like, oh, hello, Mr. Rochester. Like, interesting. <laughs> Although I will say the character in um, the, the 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 romantic heroes that the Bronte sisters write uh, tend to be generously i'll call it problematic um (laughs) and he the the character in the in that book like um kind of actively actively delights in like torturing her for a minute before he reveals (laughs) that uh that he's in love with her and whatever um but yeah no emotional roller coaster for maria for sure yeah rough rough but she seems to take it well. But then she, then of course, then on her day of her wedding, all of all of the nuns are singing about her, and she's like, <laughs> "I'm right here." <laughs> yeah, that song is kind of an odd choice for the for the wedding scene, maybe because yeah. it's a little bit like, how do you solve a problem like Maria? 
marry her off. Like, oh. I, mean, I, 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 I wasn't going to say anything, but that I did have that thought. Like, um, and it, you know, the thing is that honestly, like, if if they were not singing that song in that scene, I don't think you would make that connection because the the no. rest of the way that that the narrative happens, it's not like the nuns are like. Well, she doesn't fit in as a nun, so we better find her a husband. Like, right? Exactly. It's not actually their goal. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally the the rest of the rest of the way it happens is totally about you know finding finding her path in life, or you know Mm -hmm. finding God's path for her. I guess is is kind of the way that Reverend Mother puts it. Uh, you know, and it's not really about that. But then because they're singing that song as she walks down the aisle, it's kind of like, <laughs> ah! So I guess that, that was, uh, in addition to the yodeling song, which I didn't really care for, um, that's like my only other criticism of this entire movie, which is I felt like the second half, there's so many reprises, and I think the only new song in the second half was Climb Every Mountain. Oh, no, sorry, in My Child, the must have done something good. That was awesome the mm, second half. Yes. Um, but, um, if the first half wasn't so chock full of great songs, I, it, I would have minded it more, but we were getting reprises of songs that I, that I liked. So I, I was fine with it. <laughs> well, and it's also one of those things where it's like, if you found a couple places to tighten and to tighten things up a little bit mm-hmm. and you didn't put a giant sign that says intermission right in the middle of the, of the movie, I feel like that um I feel like that that aspect would be a little bit less blatant cuz like you wouldn't necessarily yeah. mind that like as you, as you as the the minutes wear down and you get into the back third of the movie you start to you start to you know hear some reprises of the songs like that's normal that's what happens in musical but yeah the fact that they the fact that there is the big like intermission and the entract and everything (laughs) it's like you're kind of expecting like some more music to happen and yeah it is with the exception again of of something good and and climb every mountain which to be fair both knock it right out of the park oh yeah totally totally but yeah it is it is a little um it's like if you just took the intermission card out maybe it wouldn't matter (laughs) maybe yeah well, and um, interestingly, so I was I was like doing a little bit of online research to to get my facts straight and see um uh stuff like the airing it on TV stuff uh which the internet says happens at Christmas. Um or <laughs> used to happen used to always happen at Christmas. Um Is that what you bet or is that what your parents were saying? Well, no, my um my dad couldn't recall. My mom said my mom and and her cousin both said Christmas and her other cousin and their waitress at the diner that they were at said Easter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, See, the thing is, it's like this, it's like this, that widespread that I think I texted my mom and she must have like announced it to the lunch table and like, yeah, the, waitress was, the waitress was like oh that was always calling over the waitress is like oh do you need some more coffee no I need you to help me settle, settle a bet with my daughter no I <laughs> it's assume very important much I more important than coffee wa- I assume that the waitress just happened to be there and like wait in because she too <laughs> grew up watching the sound of music once a year when it was on TV anyway the internet says Christmas and that it aired once a year at Christmas but because it's so long they used to cut it <laughs> So they actually cut half an hour out of the movie to air it on TV, huh. um, which honestly, a solid five minutes of that would probably just be the on-track and intermi- intermission. But um, mm. still, so so I don't know right. what they cut exactly, but yeah, the runtime is a little bit tighter on television, apparently. Interesting. I will say so on the topic of runtime. Um, Maybe I was just, like, mentally in the right state because you had, you know, hyped me up for, for a three-hour movie. But it really did not feel uh, as long as I was expecting in terms of the, you know, musicals being feeling overlong, which I know is something I've, I've you know, winched about in the past. Well, probably um, partially because, like, the music is just so good. It's like, how can right. you... Right. How can you Even the, the non-musical parts, though, I feel like the overall, just the all the, you know, the acted parts were, were mm-hmm. also, you know... Um, it didn't feel like, you know, like filler. Like, I, 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 it, it didn't, which is something that um, uh, sometimes musicals with very good music, uh, and I think Mary Poppins is one of these, actually, just coincidentally, sometimes the bits in between the songs mm-hmm. are a little bit like, okay, just, just get, get us everywhere so we can get back to the singing, That please. is exactly <laughs> how I feel about Mary Poppins. 
Yeah. 100% yeah. how I feel about Mary Poppins. <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I think you're you're right. It's it's incredibly well 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 sung and well acted of course and also a very well plotted, you know, and mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. it 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 very much does that thing. There isn't filler. There isn't really as long as it is. There isn't really filler. There isn't really throwaway stuff. I mean, even the little like the little like seemingly meaningless interactions that that Captain Von Trapp has with mm-hmm. various you know other adult characters or with Rolf or whoever early on in the movie is them dropping in little breadcrumbs right. toward the Nazi invasion and his and his resistance of of you know joining the the Nazi navy like like they're they're every all of the various little elements are all kind of building towards something I mean another example of that is like I feel like uh in a lot of things when you have kind of like a a primary love story and a secondary love story like some some minor characters that are also you know having a little romance situation happening it's total filler and it's like it doesn't necessarily matter or have any bearing on on the movie or the plot at all um, but that's, you know, here with Liesl and Rolf, like, I mean, yes, it's like a little like teen love story nonsense, whatever. It could be a throwaway thing, except at the end, right. holy shit, it's not a throwaway thing at all. Like, it's super, super relevant to like the them, entire plot. Like, them it's, it's almost, really important them almost to not getting away. away. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it is. It's like her gasp in that in that escape scene is everything, you know? Yep. And the fact that he has, like, somewhat of a relationship with the family and a relationship with Captain Von Trapp and everything. Like, it's all, you know, it's all essential to the plot. And, like, also, thank God she managed to not end up with that complete, (laughs) gross, mansplaining Nazi douchebag. I mean, I think we need to talk about 16 going on 17. Oh, my God. Uh, as I mentioned, I was familiar with that song from before, and I, I will say, um, I uh, knew the song. I did not realize that one of the participants in it was a Nazi. Fancy that. Yeah, fun things. Um, and yeah, the thing about that song, too, is like, it seems like just kind of like a cutesy song, and like, for most of my life, I feel like I sort of, my takeaway from the song was like, kind of the like, the like, joke about about like oh like those naive children who like think that you know 17 is so much older than 16 like he's older and wiser like okay he's a very mature worldly gentleman yeah it's like (laughs) it's like in clueless when uh when she asks ty how old she is and then she's like okay well my birthday is in april so i'm I'm older than you by like three months so let me tell you the ways of the world um but no, it's like when you, I, I, I don't know, I guess I've never really paid attention to the dynamics of the song as much, but like, independent of him ending up being a Nazi, like, even if that didn't happen in the movie, he's the worst. <laughs> like, he say he has all this like horrible, like controlling ideas of, of like, what he thinks a relationship should look like. You need someone older and wiser telling you what to do. And then also, like, the, when you get to the part of the song where she's singing and she kind of, like, turns the lyrics around ever so slightly and she's kind of, like, looking at him, like, from the side of her eye. She's sort of, like, seducing him a little bit in, like, a 16-year-old right. way. I am 16, going on 17, innocent as a It's like, 
oh my god the 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 internalized misogyny of all of that just like sets my skin on fire like yikes like good riddance thank god she escaped from that situation and can end up with like a nice nice reasonable like woke feminist a nice swiss boy hopefully yeah hopefully she'll find like a woke feminist swiss boy who helps them when they're a in nice the mountains pacifist. yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> who helps them who helps them in the mountains and and like can live happily ever after without that asshole I'm sure there must be Sound of Music fan fiction. I'm sure there oh, must be, Oh, I don't want to think know, about unofficial. that. I don't want to think about that. Ew. <laughs> no. The Sound of Music is, is like, pure and wonderful, and I don't want to think about Sound of Music fan fiction. <laughs> also, they're real people. Like, we could look up who Liesl Von... Actually, no, I think they have different names. But we could yeah, look... I was going to say, I, I was, I was going to ask about that, because I, I knew that there was a family, a singing family... Oh, a lot of this is, that... is true, but a lot of it is, like, you know, twisted around and changed and whatever. Right. And right. I think... Okay, so, so it is based on that family that I've heard of, uh, yes. whose name I can't remember. Okay. No, Von... Um... Yeah, no, they're real. Okay, Von Trapp was the actual family. Yes, Von Trapp... I was... I was I was shying away from actually saying that, but no, yeah, Von Trapp was the family, Georg and Maria, but the kids had different names. Okay. Um, I believe. And you can find lots of, you can find lots of movie versus reality stuff just by quickly Googling Von Trapp. Yeah, the children were <laughs> Rupert Agath, Maria, Werner, Hedvig, Johanna, Martina, Rosemary, Eleanor, and Johannes. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, that was the movie. Isn't the sound of music delightful? I could just gush. I could just gush so much more about like little moments, <laughs> like the moment when he sees, when he hears the kids singing and like, you can see he's got like hard eyes, like he's like almost wants to cry, but he's also overcome with emotion and he's remembering the words of the song himself. And then he starts singing. Then the kids are gazing at him because they have never heard him sing. And it's like, right. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, I just love that so much. Yes. Oh, one, here's one last thing I'll say just as a, just as a fun fact about the world, um, who you, you might've noticed her in the credits, but just in case you didn't, um, let me, let me let me guess, let me guess. Marnie Nixon. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and also, this movie is directed by the same guy who directed the movie version of West Side Story, oh, uh, Robert Wise. I didn't realize that. Yeah, the guy whose name shows up before the title of the film in giant font. Okay, <laughs> it says I know, a Robert Wise production. I could have told you Robert Wise directed this. I didn't remember that he also directed West Side Story. That's all. Yeah, no, I looked it up. I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow, this guy had a good couple years, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. The the early to mid-60s treated him well. Um, Apparently he also directed the original, I know it's a classic, and I know I, I, it's bad that I've never seen it. He directed the original The Day the Earth Stood Still, um, I've which never I've seen that heard either. a lot of praise for. I've but never seen that never. either. Yeah, we might. I, need... th- I think it's. Cons- I think it's more of a thing for for like. Uh, since I'm a fan, of like Twilight Zone and stuff mm, like that. Like true. I'm maybe maybe more of a sci-fi. Or yeah, it might be. It might be more like less it, less forgivable that you haven't seen it than that I haven't seen it. But we should maybe bring in a yeah. guest geek to help us with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But no, I. Uh. Yeah, Robert Wise really solid yeah. at directing musicals. Although I will say, I love West Side Story. I have nothing bad to say about West Side Story. You like this one better. Oh, I do like this one better. No, what I was going to say is um, I think he did a much better job with this of converting the stage musical into a a movie cinematic experience. There's this a is lot a of very cinematic production. Yes. yes, and and the West Side Story is in a wonderful musical with unparalleled music. I mean, it's so good and an incredible story to tell. If we ignore the casting, which, um, just the the brown face of the casting is like oh, oh, oh like, sorry oh was, let's cast let's cast a white girl who doesn't sing as the who can't <laughs> sing as the Puerto Rican protagonist of our of our film. That's right. a poor life choice. Um, but with that, with that aside, like as much as I love West Side Story and the movie too, I love the movie of West Side Story as well. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely feels a lot. There are a lot of moments in it that feel like almost like a filmed stage production. It's so stagey. It's very, yeah. very, very stagey. The sets are very stagey. Um, yes. Whereas this is, you know, helicopters over the Austrian mountains <laughs> on location filming throughout. Like, oh my God, are we in Austria right now? 
We yeah, are the, running I think if, if you're going to go to Austria, bring a helicopter. If you're going to go to New York, eh, the car is fine. <laughs> it's fine if we have cardboard or uh, fire escapes. It's whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you are you are running with joy through the hills that are alive with the sound of music. Oh. <laughs> So I just have two other things that I wrote down, both of just things, also delightful things that I that I, that I noticed. Uh, one was uh, at the end when the Von Trapps make their big escape, or at least they they uh, start to before the nuns save the day. I love um, I love the, the everything about the nuns. Reverend Mother, I have sinned. Yeah, that's great too. But no, what I was gonna, what I was gonna say though is that um, when they they're announcing the winner of the grand prize of the folk festival is the Von Trapp singers. The family Von Trapp. Gone. And then there's like an orchestral sting. It's like a da 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 da, and it was. It comes right after. Obviously, there was a full orchestra playing along with with the music. So I was just imagining in the moment that the, the live orchestra at this folk festival Decided is playing. To do that. <laughs> um, yeah, great improv moment. Also, can I can I also just say? I mean, like, obviously, I I. There are many things that I love about this movie, as has been clear throughout this podcast, but, like, I just need to give a little bit of shout-out to the daring escape via musical theater, like, yep. that is that is <laughs> very much just aimed right at, at my areas of interest. Like, oh, we just turned this into an action movie, and we're going to escape <laughs> using our choreography. Yep. Best that, thing that, ever. That was, that, it that does was bother cute, me yeah. that, like... Of all of the, all the kids are obviously, everybody's very nervous and tense in that scene, but of all of them, it's the oldest two who are the most obvious about, like, looking back, like, oh, shit, guys, is this going to be okay? <laughs> it's like, of, if anybody, you, like, 16 and 14-year-old should be able to know. Like, yeah, keep, keep a lid on it. Right? Um <laughs> Yeah, and, and also, and also, like, I guess they really would just wanted to make it explicit that Max was a good guy, but, like, the fact that he said to them right beforehand, like, you know, okay, I think this escape is gonna work, or, or whatever. <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, walking it's like, across stage it, to do so, like, good job. Yeah, you know, it, I, I would be terrified of, like, a hot mic in, the, in that sort of situation where, like, he doesn't realize that he's too <laughs> close to the microphone. <laughs> oh my god, that would be a terrible, like, alternate ending. I don't even want to think about that, that alternate ending. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, just one more thing about the, the choreography, yeah. uh, just uh, the, the only thing I can think with the oldest ones being so obvious about their escape attempt is like, perhaps they, they understand better than the others, like the stakes involved mm-hmm. and like, maybe that's why they're the most nervous, but I'm still just like, really, Liesl, get your shit together. <laughs> You're 16 going on 17, Con. You got this. Come on. <laughs> and the other thing that I wrote down, uh, apropos of nothing is the phrase gazebo of love because we have two major musical numbers that take place in a gazebo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why they installed that gazebo. Like, Yeah, obviously, for, for musical numbers. It's so well done for musical numbers, though. I mean, it has that like ring of benches just so you can have leaping choreography. Like, exactly. It's just... <laughs> uh... And then if it's a thunderstorm outside, you have some very nice lighting. It's, it's, you know, oh, it's yeah. perfect for... yeah. So that, that's all I have written down. Yeah, I mean, that's to... all I. That's about all I have, too, besides just, you know, further gushing about just how wonderful the sound of music is. It's the sound of music. Oh. I'm glad that I have finally seen the sound of music. Me, too. Um, and I'm also glad that we are at the official end of our uh, of our sixth season here. This has been I a know. lot of fun. It has, it has been a lot of fun. We had a lot of guests this season. It was great. We had a lot of several months of delays. It was also <laughs> great. No. Yay! Um, no, we, we'll we be will back do our much, best to... We'll be back much sooner next time. Yeah, and uh, we, we don't we don't yet have a date in mind, and I'm not going to make the mistake of promising a no. date that we can't meet. Nope, no more promises. Won't do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I will say that we've already been uh, posted on uh, on our on our website. Um, those of you who followed along with the Golden Globes earlier this year might have seen that we uh, placed a wager, a very public wager, trying to predict the notoriously hard to predict Golden Globes. And uh, long story short, because neither of us did that very well, we're going to be doing two bonus episodes sometime later on this year. 
uh, about stuff that uh, that neither of us, especially, uh, or, or <laughs> stuff that, about stuff about, that we've stuff that we've promised each other that we wouldn't do, like intentionally yes. to torture each other. Basically, yeah, exactly. Torture episodes. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're picking things that you know, I I'm a super geek for, and Eric has never watched, but I'm gonna pick something that I know he's gonna hate for the express purpose <laughs> of torturing him. So uh, you have that to look forward to. Uh, I mean, and vice then... and vice versa. Just to be clear, like. Oh yeah, and vice versa. Oh, I'm gonna make your <laughs> life miserable. Just, just for the record. Oh yeah, yeah. you are gonna <laughs> you're gonna hate this a lot. It's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to that. Until then, Emily, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at EJ Reports, tweeting a lot about the sound of music. <laughs> Yeah, no, you've, you've been telling me that you've been tweeting about it, and now that I've finally seen it, I can go and check your tweets, and now I will understand them. You're, ta- you're <laughs> tagged in them, because a lot of them are like, can you believe that Eric hasn't seen The Sound of Music? Here's a gift. <laughs> I like whatever that voice was you are just doing. That was, that was I good. I should that always was... talk that way. <laughs> uh, and I'm on Twitter at hey, hey, ESJ, apparently being tagged and called out publicly for, yeah, for you deserve that. Uh, pop culture crimes that have now been fixed. Whew, thank you very thank much. Goodness. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob saying so long, farewell, Afida Shane. Goodbye. There's a sad sort of clanging from the clock in the hall and the bells in the steeple in the nursery an absurd little bird is popping up to say cuckoo This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com. So long, farewell, I'll be to say goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight. So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu. Adieu, adieu, to you and you and you. Thank you.